When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, Geekscape? It's working on a brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm Jonathan London, your host. And if this is your first Geekscape, well, what I like to do is I'd like to sit down with creative people in pop culture, movies, video games, comic books, music, film. I think I said movies. Film. I think films may be just like an elevated version of movies, right? Like, what's a movie and what's a film? People talk about the MCU films, but then you got people like Martin Scorsese being like, well, that's not a film. That's more like a roller coaster ride. That's probably, he probably thinks of them more like movies. Well, we'll talk about all that stuff because. I like having a diverse show. I hope you guys have been enjoying these live stream shows. I know it's been totally diverse. Uh, we started off with just a, like a, a team live stream with Matt and Derek and I, and that was awesome to kind of set the stage. And then we got real geeky there uh, with like the whole J-Town show with my buddy Jay Washington and Jason Inman. And we talked all about the MCU and what we think might happen with the Fantastic Four and then DC movies and all that stuff. And then you guys heard the last episode, my buddy Zach, and he writes for uh, The Athletic and talks NBA on Sirius XM radio almost every day. So we went really heavy into basketball talk and talking about that new Jordan documentary. So it's super diverse here at Geekscape, but I think you can be a geek about all sorts of things. And I was thinking today, sports geeks are probably the geekiest geeks that there are um, because I think they think that their uh, their geekdom, their geek of choice is the most socially accepted, right? Like we arena to this stuff and people walk around in their cosplay with their jerseys and when they go to the park and they play. Well, that's LARPing basically. If you wear a jersey of your sports team and you go to the park and you play, you're not only cosplaying, you're LARPing. So you're as big a geek as the rest of us at Comic-Con, and you've even gone to the point of, like, the foam swords and running around and doing the LARPing. So uh, pat yourself on the back, sports fans. If you wear a jersey, you're doing cosplay, and we are totally here for that. So uh, in the spirit of continuing a diverse subject matter here on Geekscape, let's do some music. My buddy Bill McShane is the guest on the show today, and uh, we're doing it super early on a uh, Sunday. Because, um, well, some of you guys on the East Coast are like, well, when you start on at 7, I have to go to sleep at 10 p.m. And so I, I'm still trying to figure out the schedule. 
So I do a show at 7 p.m. And then a couple of East Coasters at the tail end are like, whoa, sorry, we're late. <laughs> we missed the show. So honestly, I don't know what the schedule should look like on Geekscape. What's best for you guys? The streaming stuff is new. Uh, and we're going to four different platforms. So I don't really know, like, for you Facebook uh, viewers, like, what works on um, it, it, on the East Coast or West Coast? When do you guys want to see your Geekscape? If you're on Twitch, maybe you guys are all night owls. You sit around watching people play, like, Overwatch and stuff. And uh, any time works for you. Do you even have a concept of time anymore in the pandemic? Uh, and I don't know too much about anybody watching over Periscope. Uh, but obviously, like, YouTube is a big thing. And there are always people on YouTube. So... Tell me what you think the schedule should be, and I'll try and keep it. But remember, the Geekscape studio currently is uh, being rented, right? Uh, and it's being rented from this person. There's Heidi. That's right. <laughs> We're broadcasting from her room uh, where I'm quarantined during the pandemic. Uh, you guys are already busting some comments. So Bill's coming up on the show. But uh, Sean Dowling from Seattle, he does pop in to say, uh, it's Sunday today? Uh, maybe. Hold on. He, he misspelled that one. He rewrote it. There we go. He says, it's Sunday today? Yeah. Wait. Shawnee just threw me for a loop. Yeah, it's Sunday. <laughs> and then uh, here we go. Uh, AJ Santini, uh, he yells, nerds! That's right. Big time nerds. And uh, I hope the nerds have been enjoying their Geekscape because we've been trying to bring you guys nerds of all sorts of colors here. Uh, just that's the way it is. Uh, you know, I think we fight discrimination as long as we show you a wide variety of nerds. Um, Ian Rainey, he's in Austin, Texas, says, y'all are canoeing. Uh, Heidi, you see this? He says that we're canoeing. You ready? Ready? Oh, okay. Okay, so, so it's like a canoe. Okay, Heidi, you got to do this with me. We're uh, Podcast listeners, you're the most loyal podcast listeners of all time. You've been with me for 13 years, and I love you. And I'm sorry that there's a visual element to the show sometimes now, but we're going to do a little canoe gag where... I'm like lead of the canoe. You ready? It's the only you Boy Scout right. badge I ever got. All right, like this is canoeing was the only badge I ever got. Okay, ready? And here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna lean. Let go right. Oh, oh you want to go right? right? Well, yeah. Okay. Uh, here we go. Uh, <laughs> and now, okay, now we're rowing in the canoe. Yeah, switch. Okay, here we go. Uh, switch. Here we go. Here we go. All right, all right. You're still learning. I'm learning. How, I don't know. I don't know. How did I ever get this badge? I'm completely. <laughs> It's you're the actress, Heidi, so you know like stage left, stage yeah. right, and some of that. But uh, I'm just kind of going. <laughs> How did I ever get a Boy Scout badge of canoeing? I can't even do it digitally. Is there a canoeing video game? I would never play that. It sounds boring as fuck. Uh, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Uh, here we go, Heidi. A little more. Uh, Benjamin Snyder says, "Watch out, Rapids." Are you ready to do this, yeah, yeah, Heidi? This I is training for your acting. Ready? Here we go. Okay, here we go. I'm I'm, I'm canoeing. Oh no, here come the rapids. Ah! Ah! Oh no, we lost we lost Heidi. Benjamin Snyder, what have you done? Oh, oh, she's back. Oh, there she goes. She there she is. Okay. There she is. And George Pepe says after that performance, give Heidi your badge. Just give her the <laughs> All right. Sorry about that, podcast listeners. Uh we were pretending to canoe on camera. So uh, Why are you apologizing? Because they can't see the joke. They just, oh, yeah, they're, they're podcast listeners. They're like, I don't get it. Uh, and to put a finale on that one, Benjamin Snyder says, now we're living in the land of the lost. That is how they ended up in the land of the lost. Uh, I'm looking a little bit more like Chaka than any of the actual members of the family, but 
I don't know. I mean, I think by the end of this pandemic quarantine, I'm going to look like fucking Chaka. I'm going to come out very monkey-like. In fact, Heidi and I talked earlier today about... <laughs> let me know in the comments if you guys are into this, because I'm a little bit still hesitant. Um, We're just going to do it the way I'm going to do it. Live streaming a haircut, my haircut, and you guys telling Heidi how much to cut and where. Tell me in the comments. Would you no? guys be into that? Uh, just let me know. How about just watching uh, me cut his hair? How about that? And then I think that we have some interaction, Heidi. You can't just cut my hair. I think that there has to be some interactive element where people say a little off the top, a little on the sides. Heidi, uh, let's let's uh, let's trim. Bring out the you know just you guys decide the haircut here in the pandemic because we're gonna be in this so long it'll just grow back anyway. Except that <laughs> one bald spot I got. Uh, and AJ Santini, he's already thrown in. He says, "I'd be in for a wax." <laughs> I don't think we're going to be doing a wax Watch on your, like, camera. But uh, Kate Eglin has already named it. She says, Twitch cuts Jonathan's hair. You know how Twitch plays Pokemon, where a bunch of people tried to play Pokemon through Twitch, and they were all making millions of, you know, you guys get it. Uh, ben Snyder says, maybe you use a Floby. I've got hey. a Heidi. Why do I need a Floby? I've got a Heidi. Oh. Uh, and and uh, Sean Dowling says, everyone would need to drink for the haircut. All right. I don't know. I wouldn't drink. Uh, but George Pepper says, lose the left eyebrow. All right. So if you guys are into that idea, yay or nay in the comments. We got you guys from all sorts of different things. Also mention the fact that I am not a stylist or a hairdresser. I have any kind of training. Heidi says she has no training. She wants to remind you she's not a stylist. I think the point is that it all goes bad. All right? <laughs> but my care is out the window. Okay. That's enough. That's enough. We got to get to the guest. So my guest is my good buddy, Bill McShane. We actually met... I think two decades ago in a basement of a church in Philadelphia where his band, the ultimate fake book was opening for the get up kids. And I think at the drive-in and a fight broke out, I didn't cause it, but I sure as fuck ended it. Just kidding. I didn't do that either. I think I was just like, Oh, I better get away from them. Um, and uh, no, AJ Santini, you are not going to see a fade in a lightning bolt. You're going to see a fade in two lightning bolts. Uh, when that haircut is gone. Okay, here we go. Uh, Bill, let me bring you in. That's enough insanity. You're probably sitting there being like, hey, I got to save this show. So let's bring Bill McShane on from Ultimate Fake Book to save the show. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm just trying to figure out what part of the canoe I'm in at this point. Am I on another canoe or? Yeah, I think we have to, I think we have to have canoe. Yeah, we have to have races on this okay. Because you sure as hell do not want to be on any canoe that I'm involved in. As you can <laughs> we lost Heidi in the rapids. But what I do you saw think? that. It's dangerous. Uh, I kind of like the haircut idea. I think it's great. I think it's great. And I think you should only do what people tell you. Like, you, she shouldn't do anything except for what their uh, instructions are. That's kind of Because right. they may not be paying attention to each other's comments. So there might be like five people say take it off the left. Seven people say take it off the right. And then, you know, might end up being more interesting that way. Right, but like, is it their right or their left? See, that's what's it's gonna you know? be. Yeah. So I, Heidi says I don't like it because no, she, she's gonna be stuck oh. looking at me. Me, I try and avoid mirrors and things like yeah. that. I, I try. I mean, if there's any chance, I won't even run by past a pond. Like I used to run <laughs> at Echo Park Lake, and one time I looked into the lake <laughs> myself, and I was like, "Fuck no!" This is the last time I'm running in it by any body of water. So yeah, um, you know, she's the one that's gonna have to deal with it. I'm pretty sure you're going to end up bald at the end of it. That's my prediction. Well, that's nature's choice. I <laughs> well, I mean, sunroof right here. Shaved. I figure if I'm going to have a sunroof, I might as well have, like get the paycheck to have a sunroof and drive around in a nice car. But that's, that's, uh, 
Yeah, that's not good. Um, yeah. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing, doing good. Doing good. Just uh, living and surviving here in Los Angeles, California. Yeah. Hey, con- congrats on, the, uh, on this new album. Thanks, uh, man. Yeah, uh, I've been a big Ultimate Facebook fan, as I told you guys. Um, since the, I think the late was that on the basement of the 22nd Unitarian Church. Yeah. So that was my first time seeing you guys because I go to uh, check out the Get Up Kids, who are obviously Get Up Kids, and they're like the emo band of the late 90s, as far as I'm concerned. It was oh, yeah. also like real estate and, and stuff like that. But um, who else was there? I, 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 there were The Promise Ring would have been one of those big bands around that yeah. time. Yeah, that tour was amazing. I mean, they were the Get Up Kids were, I mean, it was an underground sensation happening, you know? I mean, that was a church basement, you know? It was and the Unitarian Church. In yeah. Sean Agnew was the guy who used to book that thing. Do you, do you remember that dude, Sean? I, I don't remember. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'll take your word for it, John. Yeah. We yeah. tend to go down rabbit holes on Geekscape because as geeks, yeah. you know how we're like, oh, wait, it was actually issue 438 right. of Spider-Man where that character appeared and this and that. So, right. um, you know, we go down those rabbit holes. But I remember that show really well because it was also the first time I saw it at the drive-in. And that oh, yeah. was the tour. It was you guys at the drive-in and the Get Up Kids. Tell yeah. me that's not a huge... It, no, it's, it's, it's still to this day the, the best tour we ever did, you know? Because talk about three completely different bands you know so we start we're a three-piece power pop you know band um kind of playing catchy sing-along songs whilst jumping around being idiots and then after us is at the drive-in which anybody that saw them live knows that's all you have to say it's they were the best live band you've ever seen in your life i mean they absolutely destroyed every set they ever played so they were fantastic and then the get up kids come out like the get up kids always say, Oh, at the drive in blew us away every night on that tour. And it's like, I was there every night and it's not true. The get up kids actually were amazing every night because it was such a stark contrast to what came before them. And they were on um, the uh, something to write home about um, tour. And every song is just so great. And it was really, really an amazing night. I mean, on our, on our, from our perspective, that was like the best time ever. So, and, and then that fight broke out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I can't. Re- that was during the Get Up Kids. I know that because yeah. our our um, our um, guy that was doing our merch, our tour manager and merch guy, he he held Omar, the guitar player for At the Drive-In, on his shoulders to watch it, and they were like, because they were sitting in the back and stuff, and they were just seeing it all go down. So that's the only reason I know it happened during the Get Up Kids set. It was like Master uh, Blaster from like it's like Master Blaster runs Barter Town or whatever. Yeah. Mad Max just having somebody on their shoulders. I yeah. just remember, you know, I saw a video uh, on the internet of somebody playing that Twenty Second Unitarian Church in Philly about five years ago, and I don't remember that place. I, I used to think that place was huge. That place was tiny. Yeah, it wasn't and, that that big. Yeah. No, and seeing at the drive-in in that place, uh, I just remember being like, I don't know what this is. But it's psychotic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those guys are, you know, I knew the only band I knew was Get It Kids at the time. But I learned about your band. I picked up your album, and I've listened to every album since. Cool. So That's obviously, awesome. I'm super stoked that your new album came out. Cool, uh, congrats on having a, an album released during a pandemic. Sorry about that. <laughs> well, you know, the, the reality is, it's not that. It, if, if for us, I mean, obviously, the pandemic blows of course but for us as a band i mean we weren't going to be on the road you know we were just gonna we we had a couple of shows booked in june that i 
really seriously doubt those will happen. But aside from that, we were just going to be making videos and talking to friends and, you know, sharing our music. So it, it doesn't really change things as far as that's concerned. You know what I mean? As far as our, yeah. our kind of schedule. So. Well, it seems like for like, like 10 years, I, I, I guess I met you guys in 1999 and then yeah. for a period of 10 years, you guys would just tour nationally back and forth and, uh, your stage show, actually, what I loved about it, and we were talking earlier about how I saw you guys at the Knitting Factory in uh, Lower Manhattan. Yeah. And at that time, you guys had started doing some like really weird shit. Like you brought, you made this homemade rock box, which mm -hmm. was this box with light shooting up through it and a smoke machine, so you could get up in front of the stage and almost act like a hair metal band, just rocking out in front of everybody. How long did that last? Where did that idea <laughs> come from? Yeah, we, it was called the Rock Box. Um, we did it for a couple of years. We, we, the idea came from um, seeing Cheap Trick live. Uh, we saw them a couple of times. They're like one of our favorite bands. And we also opened for them one time. And when they played their bigger shows, Rick Nielsen would get up on this box when he got on the guitar solo and just start jamming out higher than everybody else. Right? Just like two feet higher. Right. But that two feet higher... That's fucking right. The world of difference. It's like oh, yeah. Carson would like make his desk slightly higher than the guest chairs. Yeah. Yes. Which is what I, I'm just going to do this on Geekscape now. I'm just exactly. gonna, I can't really do it over video. But if you, were, if, you were to be, if you were to be sitting there in your chair and then all of a sudden your chair is two feet higher with lights and smoke, it's that much better. Exactly. Now? Uh, exactly. You, can you put that on the list? What? Yeah. Um, I need a, like a riser for my chair. Smoke machine. Oh, yeah, and can. how's your landlord with pyrotechnics? <laughs> okay. Uh, we don't ask. We might just. Uh, could you imagine how much of fireworks go off? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> a haircut for you guys and lighting my face on fire. I think. I think watch. Bring it to the next level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one thing. I want to go to the hospital with burns during a pandemic. <laughs> and they're like, "What like, happened?" Um, uh, I was pyrotechnics on my my um, streaming podcast. I remember lying about how did it happen <laughs> in like elementary school when we would go into the uh, you know we, you know you'd have those GI Joes and you'd get bored with the GI Joes. So <laughs> obviously, you'd be like, "Now it's time to destroy the GI Joes." Pour gas on them. Oh my God! And yeah. we are now old enough to go to these comic book conventions and see how much those GI Joes are fucking worth. If you hadn't lit them on fire, oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. assholes, because yeah. we were just lighting hundreds and hundreds of dollars. <laughs> we could have learned about investing. Instead, yeah. we learned about destruction. And I remember right. going in the woods and making, like you said, like a funeral pyre of GI Joes. Or what you do is remember they had that band, that rubber band in the middle at the waist. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you pull the GI Joe apart, it's perfect to put a black cat in. Oh yeah. And then you could just blow the oh, back yeah. in half like he jumped on a grenade. Totally. Uh, and I remember being in the woods behind the house and having, you know, a funeral pyre and like lighting them up. And then uh, you put the gasoline on and you light it and you watch them melt. And then uh, if the wind's blowing or there's too much <laughs> dust around, the gasoline burns pretty fast. The gasoline just burns or evaporates pretty quickly. I remember my buddy saying, let me go get more gasoline. That's the mistake. That's where you stop. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. This could have gone another way. He comes back yeah. with a measuring cup of gasoline. <laughs> and before I can say, wait, let's reset it. He just throws it on what's left of the embers. And the whole thing just goes up again. He's, freaks out, he drops the measuring cup, it then splashes on his leg, the flames go to his leg, and just light his leg on fire. Yeah. And uh, so there's a 
a kind of comedic scene of me chasing him around this clearing in the woods, trying to throw dirt on him and telling him to stop and roll around because I at least knew enough of stop, drop, and roll. And him just screaming, it stings, it stings every time I'm hitting him with dirt. <laughs> He's getting further away from me. And uh, I'm pretty happy that he didn't burn down the entire woods. But uh, how the fuck did we I, survive I think, adolescence? I know. I know. And you know what's so crazy is me and Nick, Nick is our bass player, and I've known him my entire life. And we could tell a story that's exactly like yours. I mean, I probably a lot of the people watching here did the exact, oh, pouring the thing. No, the fire. Ah! <laughs> just, I just remember he was a mummy that year for Halloween. <laughs> it's it, a good it, idea. Good idea. Just, it just didn't. Were, uh, you fire, were you a fireman or anything? Yeah, no, no. I, I tried to stay as far <laughs> away from that story as possible. I, did, I no longer wanted to be. A party to that so i was like yeah. i don't know what he's talking about oh man sorry about, <laughs> sorry about your leg uh, oh man yeah i mean it, listen this is the place to share it if you do have a story <laughs> feel free <laughs> who me yeah or go oh yeah no you have a that. story of like no. destruction i mean but you're quarantined with your kids and if they hear it they may think that it's like yeah. oh he condones this behavior i i'm sure that's just a matter of time before i have three boys and i'm sure it's a matter of time before they're blowing stuff up yeah. But, you know, we had more access, I think, back in those days to fireworks and things like that, you know? Listen, I hate but to they'll, tell they'll you. But they'll find a way. They'll find a way. They're yeah. shooting up schools. <laughs> right. No, right. Like, yeah. I think we're okay with a bunch of the kids just going back to the anarchist cookbook yeah. and, like, finding where you hide the matches and, like, yeah. getting into that. Yeah. I would take that any day over some kid being like, oh, I found an AR-15 on the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. We're experimenting with pouring gas on something and then realizing, oh shit, that was a horrible idea. You know? Oh, I lit my leg on fire. Yeah. I think I think Maybe I'll stop. on fire. Yeah. yeah, I think if anything, we should leave shit out for our kids. You know, totally. lethal stuff, but just stuff that'll probably be like, you know, it's a good story later on. Like this is how I Absolutely. got that scar. You can tell <laughs> that story in college to get girls or something. But it might be a good parenting idea to just leave that stuff out. And then when your kids fucking lose a finger or hurt themselves, they're like, oh, <laughs> this stuff has consequences. Absolutely. The AR-15 may just not have the same effect. They may just be like, oh, it's Halo. Not to blame video games. We don't do that here. <laughs> no, totally. Um, that I mean, I'm not saying I, I parent exactly like that, but I definitely, like, when the boys start fighting or whatever, I don't jump in. I, sometimes I'm just like, yeah, keep it up. See how it goes. Punch him in the punch him in the, in the ball. <laughs> see what happens next. Good luck with that. Well, we you know, some, how else are you going to learn? You know, you got to no, learn to take some punches. Humans only learn through pain. Yeah. And I, I think that's kind of how go. it works. Uh, I mean, uh, this is what my father says, and this is a very Texas thing to say. My dad grew up in a small town outside of Amarillo. Some people just have to pee on the electric fence for themselves. Because <laughs> right. there's always a sign. There's always a sign <laughs> right. that says electric fence. Yeah. Some people just need to pee on it. Totally. Uh, Ian Rainey in Austin, speaking of Texas, says, I listened to Broken Needle and Little Apple Girl about a million times when I first heard them. Sweet. We had a girl in college play it for me, and I was hooked. There Sweet. He is. Sweet. Thanks, man. That's awesome. Um, yeah, what do you say? Because you have a song on this album, and the album's called The Preserving Machine. Mm -hmm. uh, it's out now. You guys can listen to it. You guys can go from here to Spotify or wherever and listen to it. Yep. Um, you actually have a song addressing... Uh, your first album. Oh, yeah. The dan the Dancing Party? What is it? it what's the oh, name? Um, Electric Kissing Party. Electric Kissing Party. Yeah. And 
is that just one of the ones where, and we were talking about this on another podcast, Geekscape does uh, one one hit wonder or one hit thunder, where we we should have you on, Bill, because we literally yeah. pick a one hit wonder song and we talk about the entire discography and then decide were these people actually one hit wonders or do they have like their day? Would they have a great career? Yeah. Um, and we were talking about um, Chris from a band called Punchline. Is that? Oh yeah. And we were talking about how people just want songs off of action, which is that first song album they had on Feel by Ramen. Mm -hmm. And is this Electric Kissing Party song that you have on this new album kind of a reaction to people being like, I want to hear the old songs? Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. Um, and it's funny, I didn't. that's not where I thought you were going to go with your question. No, I was going to say, so now <laughs> to answer your, the only way to truthfully answer your question, it's like, dude, the entire album is a reference to our band. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and like what we were and what we were doing. And so it's like, it's, it's my, it's hard to explain quickly, but I guess it's definitely no one else's. It's not a response to anyone else. It's my response to us. If that makes sense. Right. You know what I mean by that? It's not yeah, what you were getting at. It's not what you were getting at by that question. Yeah. This, this was a very personal on our end kind of response. If that makes sense. Well, you know what I mean? After, well, so after 16 years of not making an album, like yeah. I'm feeling like you guys had to dig a little deep oh, yeah. to just justify like pulling yourselves out of your comfort zones where you'd go. I mean, for 16 years, your lives change, yeah, yeah. especially after being in a band that constantly tours all the time. Now you guys are here or there or all over the country. You have wives and kids now or whatever your lives are. And yeah. for you guys to go back to the thing you did when you were in your early twenties, yeah. it kind of takes something. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's like uh, basically we 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 knew we would never make music again together unless we felt super strongly about it, um, unless we felt like we had there's a strong reason to make to do it. And yeah, you hit the nail on the head where it's like why <laughs> you know why why do that? We're we're in our late 40s. We have other lives that don't revolve around music. But the thing is, it's like music was the most important thing to all of us in our lives. Um, for even before we had this band. And so it's always gonna be something that's in there. And I think the way our band kind of ended, there was a sort of a hanging feeling of, of, of there was more left to say, or something didn't get resolved. And I think that's maybe in what our fans felt and what we felt. And so anyway, at, at the end of it all, now that I've made the record and we've done it, it's like, I really realized that what it was about was, you know, the journey to be a rock star or be a big musician, you know, that was what started it. But then it became, we made so many friends, made so many life, you know, partnerships and friendships and just whatever, that that became what's important. And so I wanted to now have something that reflected that. I wanted to reflect on what the band actually built because it blows our minds that there's still, you know, not thousands and thousands and thousands of fans, but that there are even fans of our band and the music meant some to them and it meant something to us too. And so to wanting, wanting to have something that reflected that actual thing that happened. So it's all about the past, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's, there's actually, you know, probably half of it are songs that are about now, but what started the project was looking back at the past and, and wanting to make a, a document of, of that thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. I want to know when that process started because uh, you and I met professionally when you saved my ass on an edit of <laughs> Bill, uh, Jim Suptic 
I directed a video for them and um, for the Blackpool Lights. Blackpool Lights and, and yeah. just Geekscape just to catch you up on this. This is 2006, and I was shooting two music videos back to back in Austin during South by Southwest in both Get Up Kids side project bands. So I was completely fanboy heaven because obviously I met Bill, like I told you earlier, going to a Get Up Kids show, and now here I am directing music videos for the Get Up Kids. Uh, but they're side bands, and Jim Subtick had this uh, band called the Blackpool Lights. I loved the song, but I was like 50% like there on the idea for it. Meanwhile, I'm doing um, a, a music video for Matt Pryor for uh, his band. Um, correct me on this one. Uh, for uh, New Amsterdam's. New Amsterdam's, right. So I'm doing this New Amsterdam's video. And the second Vagrant sent me that New Amsterdam's video, uh, just the, uh, the second they sent me the, the, the song, I was like, I know what this is. So here I have two videos being shot back to back and the New Amsterdam's video, I know every shot of that one. I saw the whole thing and being from Austin, I knew where we, where we were going to shoot it, what it was going to look like, the edit, the color scheme, everything. And then I had Jim video and it was like, okay, I know the tone, <laughs> which is usually like the beginnings of the creative process as a director. Yeah. You're like, I get the tone and Jim's band, to me, it was like, I love stuff like, uh, John Cougar Mountain Camp and all that stuff. And it and like in of course I'm shooting in my hometown. So I wanted to shoot something that was kind of nostalgic and uh of of growing up in a town that where everything's familiar and kind of small town America. Not that Austin hasn't exploded since. But we go back to Austin and I'm just kind of putting Jim in all these places that I remember from growing up. And there was a part of me that was like, this is gonna come together, right? Like <laughs> we're kind of, kind of laying the track as the train is coming creatively. Yeah. And at the end of it, the train hit me. I I got um, I got to a point with the edit that the editor was doing something very literal with it, and that was never really the intention. It was always going to be more of a, a video that had uh, tone uh, as its as its guide, you know. And and I still tell people to this day that story because you saved my ass. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm you so saved glad. Saved my ass. We had a we had an edit that was just not good. Yeah. To be fair, that that editor direct uh, he edits commercials, and he's a very good commercial editor. But I think commercial yeah. editing has a level of native to it comes from film and TV, and you kind of know how things progress in a narrative fashion. I didn't want narrative; right. I wanted tonal. Right. And and I tell people this day: if you want to have something that really feels artistic and has an energy into it, have somebody who's an editor who has a musical ability. Mm. Yeah. Because you have a sense of rhythm and structure that is dependent on tone. Mm -hmm. and, you know, so you're looking at images in the same way that you're hearing notes and yeah. you're able to see things in a different dimension than, I mean, me, yeah. I'm a dummy. I put you in a situation for saving me from it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's just t totally, there's just different styles. You know, it's like, I joke all the time uh, with my wife. Um, she's not a musician. She's, She's, she doesn't do anything creative in, in a professional way, but she's smart as shit, you know, and all the time we'll be talking about some show or something. I'll be like, wait, why did the, the she's like, yeah, you didn't see the guy said this. And now that meant that. And I'm like, see, that's the thing. I don't think black and white. I don't, I'm all, my brain's always good looking in these abstract connections. And, you know, so I think that's what led me to be an editor, but you know, there's lots of different styles of editing for, as you know, so I'm glad that I was the right well, style you needed at that time. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you, you saved my keister, buddy. 
Um, and awesome. now you're editing things for uh, the Mouse House. You're you're editing trailers and music videos and things like that over at Disney. Well, no, I don't actually work at Disney. I work at a um, ad agency here in LA, um, based in Burbank and on the West Side. I'm um, called Motion, and so it's a company that's been around for you know decades. And so we do trailers, you know, like uh, the West Side did all the all the trailers. Have you guys heard of um, like I don't know Avengers? Or no, in, Ooh, in no. game, no. not uh, here on Geekscape, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, Geekscape's no, not the place for that, Bill. They did a lot of we we did we did a lot of the Marvel stuff. Um, I think right. they did the Black Widow trailer. So they they've been in since the beginning on all those. But I've been at the part of the company that has done um, traditionally a lot of um, Disney Pixar trailers and and Disney animation stuff. So I'm not at Disney, but we just they're one of our clients that we've worked with a lot. There's so, the association my head uh because i know whenever you have a new trailer release like for toy story 4 yeah you throw it out and i'm like yeah. holy crap bill's like editing some amazing stuff yeah and no, you, i and you were my producer on that music video george again yeah one of the cool things i did i did a trailer for frozen 2 and so as everyone knows frozen 2 has a soundtrack and you know they they had different bands do cover versions of the songs in the soundtrack so they had weezer did one of the songs and we edited the video at our place and George and Rob produced and directed that. So that was amazing. And then we also did like two weeks later, it was just this crazy month. We did um, the panic at the disco um, version of uh, the frozen song um, into the unknown. So it was just really cool to get to, you know, come back into music video editing after so long from doing it. It was great. It's really cool. Well, uh, let's let's work on some more. We can't really shoot in right now, but um, maybe let's work on some more videos yeah, in the yeah. future. I totally. think we should do that. Totally. Um, we got a, a couple of comments. Um, let's see. Uh, Kate Eglin, she was she she compared me to Sid from Toy Story. Um, no, I didn't put the toys back together, Kate. Uh, I, I didn't turn them into Frankenstein creatures. Well, you, I just and, them completely. And, and you realized the error of your ways and, and had a redeeming third act, whereas he just stayed a villain, you know? <laughs> right. Mine was more of a, of a Viking. Mine was more like the end of Return of the Jedi, where we just lit it on fire. <laughs> exactly. um, <laughs> uh, ben Snyder says that he used to keep his, uh, his destructive tools in a tackle box. And at the end, after taking care of his toys, he would just yell, explosions! <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Whatever it works. Rick, though, says uh, that he lit his shoe on fire as a kid, playing with gasoline, and gave himself second and third degree burns. But you know what? But it was only in your foot, so you could hide it. All right? You probably, didn't, you probably didn't do too well in the 40-yard dash that year. It's okay. It kept you off the track team, and you could chill. Uh, I just want to know, no, why no. do you light your shoes on fire exactly? On accident or on purpose? Why could you drop it? Okay. <laughs> uh, I, you're talking about like doing these things, these cool things. I'm just trying to think. Did he think his shoe was like a ship? It's like, you know, the Enterprise is on fire. Or what's he doing? Uh, you know, there's also that shoe bomber that was uh, that was on the right. airline there. You know, yeah. and he tried to, tried to like destroy a window on a plane with his shoe. Uh, Nam Dromi says, we could have learned about investing instead we learned about obstruction. I, I said that earlier in the show. And he says it's basically the tagline for the free market capitalism of 2020. No? Yeah. No, it is. Uh, and, of course, Rick, though, that says the story is bringing back memories. Stop, drop, and roll did not work. I had to take my shoe and pants off to put the fire out. <laughs> oh, no. Do you know oh, what, though? I, I think that his um, entire chat right there would make some great song lyrics. That was a great turn of phrase. That last phrase was awesome. 
I had to drop my shoe and take my pen. It was funny. It was great. Yeah, it just lyrics. It just, how did we survive? Um, so I want to go back because one of my favorite songs on this album is the one about your hometown, Manhattan, Kansas. Yeah, yeah. That's like a rock out song. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually not my hometown, but it's where um, it's where our band started. It's where our band started. There you go. There you go. That's that's what I know. That's what yeah. I know. You tell me. Yeah, we uh, there's there's basically two big college towns in Kansas. There's the big one, which is um, Kansas University, KU. They've got a you know huge basketball team. Everyone knows Lawrence, Kansas. It's great. And that scene, there's I'm actually wearing a T-shirt for one of the um, clubs there. We played all the time. The bottleneck. Great music scene in Lawrence, Kansas. Bands have gone there forever. I mean. Nirvana played there back in the day, like a small club. Um, you know, everybody you can think of. There was this old school um, punk that's just absolutely legendary. Uh, legendary. Totally What's that? <laughs> I totally messed up, and I was like, yeah. "I'm gonna make you enlarge," and instead, I just dropped you from the stream. Oh, you dropped me, uh, but, but only for a, only for like a split second. Yeah. So there's a legendary club. Yeah, and, I was just uh, describing how. Lawrence, Kansas is yeah. known for its, I mean, there was, there was articles written at one point it was going to be the next Seattle. Okay. Like it was, it was on the verge of being very, very big. Um, ton of bands gotten signed there. Me and my friends, me and Nick, we went to the bottleneck. We went all the time. Well, there's this little red stepsister town in Kansas college scene, which is Manhattan, Kansas. And that's where me and Eric and Nick all happened to go to school. And so that's where we met. And so the scene there was sort of the um, underdog scene, you know, um, bands would go through there. You know, we had a show with like the Jesus Lizard and, you know, the bands like, you know, Uncle Tupelo sometimes. But and so, you know, of course, you got college aids kids, um, you know, starting bands and stuff. And so we all were trying to make our own scene to be something kind of like Lawrence, you know. And so anyway that's kind of what this song is about is just taking, taking it all back to that mentality of just being an underdog, you know, and it's something that we just always have um, related with. And we, I really felt strongly. It's like, yes, our band ended up um, going down the road, playing to Kansas city crowds, then going out of state, playing to Chicago, then going all the way to New York city, going to Austin, going pretty soon nationwide, but we would never have made it down the highway if it wasn't for the community that helped us get started in Manhattan because the scenes that start are all about, and I feel like maybe some people forget this. You just go to a show. You don't even know who's playing. You're just going to go down. Hey, there's bands playing. We're just going to see you meet them. Maybe you don't even love their music. God knows I didn't love every band, you know, but <laughs> you support them and they support you. And then you find, you know, ways to help each other. And it's like, Hey, we got a, we got a gig opening for so-and-so. Hey, Next time uh, there's a show, somebody else told us we could open, we could take their spot. You know, you start sharing whatever. So there was a real scene community there that we thought was really amazing. And when I was writing these songs, I was just like, that just came right to my mind right away. I was like, it would have not, nothing would have happened without that scene in Manhattan, Kansas. And it just doesn't get quite enough attention, you know, and anybody that was there knows and just feels it. So it's all about like the song, you know, has shouts out, shout outs to places we played, Annie Mae's Parlor this really amazing um, basement bar that's still there. Um, some of the bands we'd see, some of the people that, you know, were there with us and it's just kind of our tribute, you know? So. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, 
it, you talked about like you guys making this album because you started to get the sense 16 years after the, the last album you recorded that there was some unfinished business. Yeah. Does it finish the business or does this album kind of just make you guys go, oh, we can do this. We should keep doing this. Well, we're, we definitely aren't going to keep doing it like we ever, like we did back in the day, you know, when we toured oh, no, stuff. 20 years so, ago. Right. And, and does it finish the business? It's like, actually just giving you the absolutely hundred percent straight, honest answer. I wrote the songs to sound like this is our last album. Like this is everything is here on the table, you know, all the unsaid things, all the unfinished business, all the like, things that uh, we wanted people to understand about who we are. You know, I wanted to be on this record. You know, the last song on the record called Fake ID, you know, ultimate fake book, you know, it's a, it's about this. It's about everything about us. It's almost like the story of us or, or me more, more specifically, but within the context of the band. Um, and so I really wanted that to, to be the case. Now, that being said, it was really, really fun doing it again. And I'm all about like bands can metamorphosize or change. You know, you don't have to stay who, you know, I don't, I wouldn't even want to be who I was when I was 25 or 30. You know what I mean? It's like, so yeah, yeah maybe, maybe we will make more music in the future if, if it's fun. And it's like, and we're feeling that connected as I did feeling writing these songs. I never say never, you know, but I, I did, I do feel that this does give you the full cherry, you know, on top. Personally, and I don't—I don't mean that in a sense of like, yes, yeah, yes, exactly. I don't mean it in a sense of like every every interview you ever see. This is our best work ever. This is honestly right. our best music. I don't mean it in that sense. I mean it in the sense of songwriting. I do feel that yes, that chapter is complete. You know, and maybe I just needed to get maybe I just needed to get that off my chest, and then the chapter continues. I don't know, but in a certain way, it feels like a, a complete chapter. Well, you guys have played with some pretty amazing bands. Even recently, like, you guys were on that Descendants tour. You guys yeah. had a couple of those gigs with the Descendants. And I'm like, holy shit. The Descendants obviously are legends yeah. in our, in, in our yeah. genre, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Absolutely. George, George Pepe, I don't know if you know George Pepe in Orange County, but he said, I first saw Ultimate Fake Book at Chain Reaction with the Reunion Show and Fallout Boy. Yeah. Chain Reaction is tiny. It's, it's pretty tiny. It's maybe like uh, 200, 150, 200 people or so. But yeah, yeah, that tour is crazy because we we joke about it all the time and share the flyers just because it makes us all die laughing. The fact that Fall Out Boy was like the second band on the bill and then Reunion Show and then Ultimate Fake Book. It's like, what? You know what I mean? Yeah, so. I mean, I, I just think it's great that you guys are still able to give bands their start. You know? Exactly. <laughs> These guys. Spheric like rock things you know what like yeah uh you guys were both putting out albums this year and <laughs> uh well what, what this is one thing that you can all hold your heads up high during the pandemic everybody uh if you feel like you're not working neither is anybody else <laughs> all right exactly. like yeah. you guys released just as many albums in 2020 as fallout that's, right. did. that's you know, right everybody's nobody's working right now we, we play right. just play just as many shows as them probably too. You guys yeah, have exactly. played just yeah. as many shows, yeah. and you know what? They had their summer tour canceled. Tour <laughs> that guy, that that hella mega rad what a, yeah. that big rock show. Yeah, I don't know, that tour. I don't think that's gonna happen. So you guys got a tour yeah. canceled too. 
Like, yeah. you know, pat yourselves on the back for that one. Everybody's kind of <laughs> in the same mix right now. Uh, how did the Descendant shows come about? Like, that's how. Oh, man. man. That, is, that, that was literally a dream come true. Um, you know, like, like that's something to get the band back together for, so to speak. You know what I mean? Did uh, you come out of that? No, no. No, Mordian? Uh, no we, we, it's weird. Okay, so let me, let me tell it from the beginning. So Stefan, their guitar player, Stefan Edgerton, is a really good friend of ours. And he used to come see us in Fort Collins, Colorado with his wife, Natalie. And so they've been really big supporters of our band for a long time. And it's so funny. It's like, it's like Stefan just has a certain kind of intuition about us. And he, he just knows when to ask about something, you know? And so he just out of the blue. I mean, we didn't have anything going on. Out of the blue, asked us if we'd want to play like about four shows with the descendants. And of course, I mean, we fell over ourselves saying yes, you know? And so it's not that that sparked things, but little did he know I already had the stuff kind of happening and it was, it was already in motion to be making new UFB. And so it just was like the perfect timing, you know, he didn't even know. And then we saw him, we were like, yeah, we're working on new shit. We're working on, we got demos. We're, we're doing he it. Was stoked. He was totally stoked. Yeah. If you hadn't had anything going on, would you have passed up a show with like? A, oh a, yeah, no, no. We we would absolutely play with. Yeah, I, I I don't care if we if like we could barely play and we're just standing on stage, you know, like in a wheelchair or like on crutches. We would be at that gig rocking, you know. So. Yeah, uh, George Peppa came back about that show at Chain Reaction with. Uh, oh, he was in the opening band. He said he was in the opening band. George nice. Pepe. George right. Pepe, you've come a long way, man. You were the opening band on that show, and now you're helping me book guests here on Escape. He's pretty excited that I had reached out to you, Bill, and had you on the show. Uh, maybe, awesome. so we could, maybe so we could come into the chat and be like, yeah, I played with Fallout Boy. <laughs> and I could be like, yeah, I lit, my, I lit my buddy's leg on fire in elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming out here, so yeah, that's what it goes. Uh, all right, so you guys filmed a music video for this uh, yeah. for this album. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you, uh, we can play it on the show. I, you know, this whole platform is new to me. But yeah, I love it because we obviously have a back and forth with the people who are watching and listening, and uh, and it's a visual medium. I always like that. But uh, what I'm going to try and do here, at Geekscapist, and you got to bear with me, especially if you're watching this, is new to me. I'm going to try and show the new uh, Ultimate Fake Book uh, music video. Can I, can I give it a little, a little, uh, lead, a little lead in? Before <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, George Pepe did come back and say, fuck that. I played a show with ultimate fake book, but <laughs> he spelled it Facebook. So, <laughs> Which I, is okay. That, that's yeah, that's everybody. Right. George, we're, all, we're kind of in a tough place right now. George. Well, and you know, we joke about that. He, he accidentally called us Facebook or maybe he personally, he did it on personally. Either way, we joke about that with our videos um, lately. We've been doing, as, as you'll see in this music video, it's set up like we're on a talk, a late night talk show, like, you know, like a public access. And so we filmed lots of, lots, well, we filmed lots of inter- interview segments. Um, right. And so the, the, the host is always getting our name wrong. And so a lot of times it's something about Facebookers or the ultimate in, intriguing Facebook posts or whatever. So, but no, the thing I wanted to say before people watch this video is this song is written about hanging out with our drummer back in the day. And just always, this is what, this is what life is like if you're friends with Eric Moline, our drummer. Okay. And it, this song is riddled with pop culture references, mostly bands, mostly spinal tap, mostly comedy. So almost every line 
is referencing some form of pop culture. So that's what I thought I would cue your viewers in on before they check it out. All right. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm figuring this out. You guys saw a little bit of uh, of the video come up here and there. It's, I'm a one man show here at Geekscapist, so uh, so it's it, it's not it's not a perfect science yet. But uh, let me see if I can get this thing playing in a window. And then uh, let's see if we can get it playing. Check that out. Look at technology. All right, here uh-huh. it is. Escape us. Here's the music video for After Hours. Of, uh, pronounced how? Maline. Maline. There we go. Maline. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Here's the video. Geekscape us. Enjoy it. Okay. Okay. That I don't know what happened. <laughs> are you there, Bill? Yeah. Uh, there we go. There we go. Yeah. People are like, "What happened?" Um, I. Yeah. You know what? Like pandemic. The video started playing, and then it was like going great for a bit. You guys saw it, and then suddenly, uh, uh, yeah. uh, it came boom. to a crashing halt. And it came to a crashing, yeah, halt. So you know, every now and then, got enough of it to know that the song was good. There These you guys go. Are good. There you go. They know what you, you're doing. You can watch it uh, at the link that is probably going to yeah. be sent out. Let, let me throw this up there, hey guys. If you, if you liked what you heard, there's a link to be. It'll take you to all you need if you want to buy the album, you want to stream the album, you want to go visit these guys on tour one year soon, maybe. Maybe you guys will put a couple shows together, you think? You think that yeah. might happen? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's a smash hit right now. It was on a uh, YouTube um, list of emo rocker or something or others. So, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. You guys check it out. Yeah, I just I, I'm just like, okay, so if the if, if my computer drops out and like I think maybe this thing keeps streaming without me, which is fine. It's it probably a better made it, show. It made it seem like I was streaming, so I might have been sitting there <laughs> looking at my stare. You should have started playing a video game or something. <laughs> been like, hey, what's up, guys? Smash that subscribe button. Yeah. YOLO. You know, you should you maybe could have gotten like a uh, sponsorship from yeah. uh from a vape pen or something. I mean, hey. I'm I'm open to things. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you guys go to Linktree, you guys will uh, find this ultimate fake book link. And again, you guys can buy the album, record, uh, not record the album. It's recorded. Don't do that. You can buy the album. You can stream it. You can check out the music video and stuff like that. But uh, obviously, like, this is new for us. You know, it would be uh, badass. We got to figure this out. Yeah. It'd be badass if somebody, you know, played it off of um, Spotify or something into a tape recorder and made their own tape of ultimate fake book. That would be cool. Back in the day, like when we would tape off the radio. Yeah, you tape off the radio and you'd like yeah. make little mixtapes for people that yeah. you like. Totally. Get it illegal, man. Just tape tape your own. That'd be sweet. <laughs> I think the trouble right now would be getting that tape recorder. I think that'd be the hardest part. <laughs> yeah. The whole process sounds great. Yeah. And you're right. Like there's nothing romantic about being like, hey, I made you a Spotify playlist, girl. Click. Yeah, that's not fun. That's not romantic. And you're not going to have Oh, I'm going to have my laptop outside of your window holding up my Spotify playlist for you. That's just not not fun. But if you go through the trouble of finding a tape recorder in this day and age, you know it matters. And that's kind of what what we're celebrating as well in that song. You even see um, there's a lyric about VHS and all that. And we rented. I literally went to a Hollywood prop guy and rented an old TV with a VHS player just for that shot. Oh, my God. And I got rid of one a few years ago. Yeah. Weird, up, it's so key, you know, recording things, VHS, movies, you know, all that stuff. Have you been in, a like, a hotel or motel recently, and they still have those TVs, and you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> we we may be staying at a rough place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I think that now uh, we're – 
you know, well, as a it's, probably a, it's probably a super hip place now, actually. Oh, uh, you think about. so? You think, I mean, I, I think yeah. that it's a gauge of whether or not you might be on the wrong side of town if you're staying in a place you don't know. Yeah. Oh, I no, think, this hotel so. has a TV with a VCR built in. Uh-oh, there's probably a drug deal going down outside. I think it's a fine line between am I in the wrong side of town or is this super hipster? You know, <laughs> it's all in the I think, that's what, I think that what happens is like uh, you end up on the rough side of town and all the artists, like hit yeah. people move in and they can afford the rent and then they open up the cafes and they start doing their art and some of this. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then you got Detroit or someplace cool. Like, isn't that what happened with Williamsburg like 15 years mm-hmm. ago? Is yeah, yeah, yeah. People are like, oh, yeah, let's move to Brooklyn. And now Brooklyn is like the place to be. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, that, that's yeah. just what happens. Um, let's talk a little bit more about what you're doing to survive the, uh, the pandemic, because you're not not being creative. You're still like I'm guessing you're editing, but also you're making your own movies. What are you doing here? Oh, uh, well, no, I mean, basically, um, I'm lucky enough that I am able to work from home still. So that's great. So I have I mean, I'm in my um, room here that right over here is my editing shit. And this is the other computer. And this is like where the kids play video games and hang and stuff. So it's been turned into my office. So it's not really that different for me. You know, I just, I'm at a computer editing or working on things. And it's just the difference is now my lunch break, I can go play with my kids, you know, run around. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, so I've been doing that. um, And that's it basically. But you started a new cinematic universe is what I'm getting <laughs> like with your kids. Like, kids, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like you have to stay creative. Like yeah. and you're dad and uh, I'm guessing your kids are too young to like, they usually go to school sometimes be the older one goes to school, but you have yeah. to be young. Yeah. And now you're spending tons of time with them. Yeah. Basically, you know, um, yeah. So, so we have a video we made, um, which is what you're getting at. We did a, uh, like a trailer, uh, for like a fake thing. And how it started was um, our our work, you know, they're trying to like have sort of like, you know, keep people having fun at home and morale boosting things. So like, hey, you know, here's some suggestions of things to do. You know, this week, one week it was like, cook something with your kids and film it. And you're going to, we're all going to look at it and vote on who we thought was the funniest and, or whatever. And, and so this week it was um, recreate a movie scene. And it, again, it's just kind of for fun things that we're doing at work because they know we all, you know, kind of have a little bit of free time here and there. And uh, so I was going to try to do a scene with the boys. They have all the Marvel um, um, costumes, like their uh, Halloween costumes. And I kept trying to get them to mention a scene they would want to remake. And I couldn't get them to even, you know, get their ideas on page at all or get them on the same page at all. And so finally they just start acting out this like new movie. And I was like, okay. So I grabbed the iPhone and I'm just, filming them do these little scenes and I didn't f- feed them any lines or story stuff. I mean, every now and then I'd be like, wait, say that one more time. I couldn't hear you, you know? Um, and so we ended up making this silly thing. And the way I will tell you the story is it's like anything as an editor, people just bring you a bunch of crap. Not that like that. Happened no, no, your thing, I, I, I but, know it was, yeah. I did. You know, a lot of times they Still don't, don't you just get stuff, you know? Like, eh. Yeah. And so, but now I'm a trained trailer editor, so I know what to do in those situations. And so I turned it into like a trailer and tried to make it seem like it actually made, you know, the barest amount of sense. Um, And so it was really fun. And they absolutely love it now. They like, they, you know, kids love seeing themselves on videos and stuff like that. Like, oh my God, 
make a YouTube channel. Oh, they don't even know. Like, they don't even know what that means. I, I, I like to keep it all in camera. Yeah. I don't want okay. any kind of fancy effects. I want just this to be the acting, the dialogue, and the camera work. You yeah, know, like and the music. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't want any kind of frilly. Because uh, and you want the actual, the real answer. Why is because they would just want everything to explode nonstop. I want them. You know, I, I would rather be like, let's have let's. So it's one of those things where it was it was really cool to just be creative with them. And like I said, they loved it. They just were so excited. They were watching me make the trailer. And Rex, my oldest, right away, he's like, no, make the music go at that one part right when I turn into Hulk. Like he got very he he got that feeling that creative people get in their gut. We're like, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. Do it like this, you know. So, so uh, was, you, know. you you made like this fight scene between Captain America and the Hulk, and then Iron Man jumps in, and these are your three kids in costume, yeah. recreating, making their own Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I think through the process of it, what you're telling me is it's not unlike working with actual Hollywood producers. <laughs> they just like more explosions, more yeah, explosions. Right. Yeah. 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 Just make it louder. Just make it louder. That's what they would. They would have wanted lasers, you know, like those yeah. fake little apps. They would have wanted that on everything. And I was like, no. I just kept. I and it was just fun. They just they would just fight like there's a cool slow motion shot. I didn't even know that was in there. I just had them running around. It's just that when I looked back at the footage, sure enough, there's a slow motion punching Captain America's shield. You know, so it was it was just fun to not have a plan and just see what it was. So. Yeah. It's You've probably worked with filmmakers who uh, have done that before. Um, and, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my plan for that video you covered me was literally like, we're going to shoot here, we're going to shoot here, we're going to shoot here, and we're going to shoot here. And we're yeah. going to shoot that person doing that and this. Yeah. That'll work, right? That's the yeah. thing, man. Yeah. I, that's what I've learned. That nobody knows what they're doing. Nobody knows what they're doing. You make it up. You're making it up as you go. Not unlike this pandemic experience, but we won't get into <laughs> politics. We won't get into any of that stuff. Um, well, listen, I want to throw that out one last time. Um, you guys, the Ultimate Fake Books, The Preserving Machine, it's out now. And uh, you guys see a little ticker. How fancy is a little ticker? You like the little ticker? I like it. I like it. For you guys on the podcast, uh, you guys can just go and Google The Ultimate Fake Book, and you guys will find uh, their music. I mean, I really think you guys should listen to this new album. But honestly, like, all your albums are good. I just know that this one is the one where I was like, I got to have Bill on the show because um, I think this is your best one. Oh, Sorry. Exactly. I mean, no offense yeah. to the other ones. This no, is I mean, that's, no I, that's really, that's really awesome. I mean, and thank you. I, I think, I think that anybody that knows our music, you would, you would understand why you're saying that, you know, cause it's about our band. Like every song is very, you know, it's like nostalgia kind of drenched, you know, on purpose, but also what's kind of cool is that, it also has some songs that are recent. You know, it's funny. There's a song on there um, called Sad Soldier um, that a lot of people have been singling out as one of their favorites. And um, it's like, it's one of, it's the only like political song I've ever written. And it's not even political. It's just that it's going there a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I wrote that song two years ago and now you hear the lyrics and you're just like, whoa, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, we thought those things were bad two years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now they're even worse. And so it's like it the just, whole My Beer song is basically what that song is. It's like, oh, you think yeah. things are bad in uh, 2018? Right. Just wait until this, the, the spiraling of the drain is almost complete. Yeah. You know, yeah. who knows how long we're going to be in this. You, uh, so you, you probably are going to be in this long enough to have like five sequels to that movie you made with your kids. 
hopefully that we had we had uh, we tried to shoot the sequel the next day um part two is, is the name of the movie is avengers versus hulk right and um we tried to do part two but we had a major meltdown uh with captain america on sets and he didn't, he didn't want to film he didn't want to film the connecting scene that connects the first movie to the second scene so we tried to like introduce some stuff you know we we're like okay what if a radioactive spider came in and then all of a sudden he's spider-man because he sure. kind of he kind of wanted to be Miles Morales at that point, um, and so we were trying to work that out. And then we were like, "Well, we could film the scenes with Miles Morales, and then maybe if Captain America decides he wants to come back into the mix, we'll do that later." Um, but it didn't work. But I did get one scene in the can. I did get Tony Stark's uh, re- re- glorious uh, comeback and his shocking transformation, which is just going to really shock people. It's going to shock. Oh man. Right, it's we got it's kind of it's kind of a genre busting shocker. What happens? I'm just right writing now. all this stuff down so that I can sell the script to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yes. Captain America bit by a radioactive yeah. spider returns to. Oh, I think this is yeah. going to be awesome. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, no matter what happens with the MCU, at least uh, we know this one's in good hands. You yes. Know, if, if yeah. Disappointed it's with the next Marvel movie. You know, it's, and I just feel like. I just realized because um, I called, you know, my last name is McShane, so I, I I call I call my three sons the McShaneyacks, and so I just realized that's now the name of this, the McShaneyack Cinematic Universe, the MCU. <laughs> work. There what do we? I would play the YouTube video, but it'll fucking destroy the show and it'll oh. blow up. So yeah. um, uh, it's not. Uh, but where can people find it? Uh, they just search for McShaneyacks. M C S H A N I. A-C. A-C. Yeah, exchange. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Right. Fancy technology. I'm going to actually you say. Pop it on your, on your ticket. Yeah. Down. yeah. Uh, the, on YouTube, right? Like, yeah. you want to find out. Okay. Well, there you go. You can just uh, look for the McShaniacs on YouTube. There and you, you can see um, what a dad does when quarantined with his kids and trying to keep them engaged and, you know, yeah. uh, still doing the homeschooling and stuff, I'm sure. But it's fun to make fun movies and have them run around like superheroes. What kid doesn't want to do that? I'm sure they're just sharing it with their friends and being like, look at me. Yeah. I put well, the Hulk. It's basically all it is is I filmed it. I mean, this is what they do anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, Bill, uh, congrats on the new album. Thanks, congrats man. Congrats on, uh, on just like keeping your head on straight. I can't wait for you guys yeah. to play shows again. Any chance yeah. the Rock Box will come back? I mean, there's definitely a chance. I still really want to play L.A. again because mm-hmm. we've never. That's one of the places we have not played as a, a reunion. No, we played here all the time back in the day. We played Troubadour, Chain Reaction, um, Spaceland, all sorts of places. Um, but we haven't played here since I moved here and since I've had kids and have all my friends out here now and stuff. And so I really want to play out here because I think it'd be so fun. Uh, so that's something that I, I'm going to keep trying to make happen. So we, we will definitely rock again. We'll definitely rock okay. again. Well, um, Bill... Thank yeah. you for coming on the show and love having you on the show. Yeah. Um, and just keep us up to date. Like I said, guys, go to link that link tree link uh, that I'm throwing up on the page. And uh, just, you know what, if you're listening on the podcast, just Google ultimate Facebook, see, uh, or, you know, listen to the album, know all the words you, you got to start. You can learn all the words to all the songs. You can go through their whole discography. I don't know if we're going to get out of this anytime soon. Uh, learn all the, sh- uh, all the songs. And then when they end up playing, um, a show hopefully maybe in the fall or early 2021 yeah. uh you can go there like like you can sing all the words now because you've had a head start and you can be like oh yeah i've heard of them <laughs> i knew them from way back when <laughs> you feel to use 
because you heard on the podcast, like, oh, yeah, I'm an old school Ultimate Fan. There you go. There you go. You literally have months to learn all the words to the songs. <laughs> and that's, kind of, that, that's your homework, Geekscapist. Okay. There you go. But, uh, Bill, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. Thank you. Thank you so much, dude. <laughs> uh, Geekscapist, that's another episode of Geekscape. We're going to be here several times a week. Uh, let me know. Who should I have on the show? We've got another show coming up live on a Tuesday night. Um, Dan Earl from Screen Junkies is going to be here to talk about his new channel. And he's a huge uh, movie fan. So there's going to be lots to talk about there. Uh, tell your friends about Geekscape. Subscribe to Geekscape. No matter what channel you guys are on, uh, I love having you guys. So whether or not you're watching or listening, I do the show for you guys because I've done this show for years and years and years. And I love sharing this exciting. I love sharing stories with you, okay? Uh, telling mine, sharing yours hearing some from the professionals that help make the content that I love. And I hope this episode is no different, okay? Bill's been awesome, and I loved having him on the show. Go check out that Ultimate Fake Book album. And until next time, I love you guys. Geekscape forever. In peace. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.